I want to bring you a message this morning, and I wasn't kidding. Victory in Jesus. After those disparaging opening comments by Brian, <laughs> I want to try to lift our spirits a little bit. No, I'm kidding. That was wonderful because I feel the same way. Can I just tell you before I preach the message, turn with me please to 1 John 5, 1 John 5. And while you're finding your place in 1 John, that's not Gospel of John, that's the epistle of 1 John toward the back of your Bible. Uh, while you're finding your place, as I preach victory in Jesus this morning, I'm going to have to preach it by faith because yesterday was a terrible, horrible, very bad day. And I suffered a lot of losses yesterday. I lost my favorite coffee cup that I've had for 25 years. I broke it on the patio. I suffered loss after loss throughout the day. And you know what? I sort of feel like I had of a defeatist attitude this morning, but I'm still going to preach victory in Jesus. Amen. I'm going to, you say, how you do that, preacher? I do it by faith. Amen. And you're in 1 John 5. Look what he says here in 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 4. Read it with me. I want you to, let me read it and then we'll all read it together. 1 John 5, verse number 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our what? Faith. Faith. Let's read it together. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Amen. Father, we're grateful for the day. I pray that you would increase our faith this morning. I pray that you would fill us again with the Spirit of God like you filled us last week. I praise you for the Spirit that moved among in our midst and for those who were on the altar and the tears that were shed and the, the hearts that were moved. And this morning, I pray, God, we leave this place on this rainy September morning. Lord, I pray we leave this place with victory in Jesus. Jesus. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can look this way. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you have victory in your life? I've already said that this morning my attitude is not necessarily a winning attitude. I have suffered several defeats of lately. Have you suffered a victim's mentality lately? Do you say this when you get up in the morning? Ah, nothing good ever happens to me. I mean, some days it's like that. Somebody say amen. Amen. You just feel like that. It doesn't go right. Let me tell you something. I'm going to change our mindset this morning. We're not going to leave this place with a defeatist attitude. We're not going to leave this place with a loser's mindset. You say, preacher, you don't know what I'm dealing with right now. You don't know what's going on in my life. Well, let me just remind you that winners don't always win. Sometimes we all have losses in our life. You know what winners do? They overcome the losses. 
Winners don't focus on the ball that just got knocked out. They look for the next ball. Winners don't look at the touchdown the other team scored. They can't wait for the opportunity to get the ball for the next game. Amen. Hey, don't you let one ball, don't you let one goal, don't you let one victory of the devil defeat you this morning. Look for the next ball. Play the next opportunity. Amen. A good winner knows how to win, but a real winner knows how to lose. That's my own, I didn't get that out of a commentary, amen. That's mine. You can mark it down. A good winner knows how to win, but a real winner knows how to lose. When you lose, you learn from that loss. You ever heard this old, ta- this old saying, when they're winning, they're grinning, and when they're losing, they're boozing. Hey, you know what we ought to do? We ought to just rise from the losses and say, praise God, I'm moving on. Amen, praise God. Listen, grieve for your loss, but don't let your loss grieve you. If you grieve for your loss, it's only human, it's only natural. But if you let your loss grieve you and you never get over it and compartmentalize it and move on, you are defeated, friend. Grieve for your loss, but don't let your loss grieve you. Let me tell you about Jesus. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ looked like a loss, but Jesus won. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ looked like a grievous time for him, but he overcame it in the resurrection. Hey, the, nothing beat him down. Uh, the cross appeared like defeat, but he turned it around. The cross was depressing. The disciples had run off. His friends were gone. There was some women left at the, at the cross, and that's just a few women around the cross, and everything looked depressing. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus Christ got up from the dead, praise God. You could not keep him down. The Romans seemed stronger, amen. The Pharisees seemed like they had won. The devil had seemed like he had gotten the victory. The women were weeping in distress and discouragement. The disciples had run off, but you can't keep a good man down. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. You know what you can do to a good man? Hey, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You can crucify him. You can beat him. You can scorn him. You can, you can buffet him. You can nail him to a cross. You can even bury him in a tomb and roll a stone over the grave, but a good man will get up. And that's exactly what our Lord did. He rose from the grave. That's just what he did. He overcame the, the beating. He overcame the suffering. He overcame the shame. He overcame the people that just, yeah, 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 put him down. Yes, he did. Praise God. Maybe the Romans of this world have risen up against you. Maybe... The Pharisees of the world have said, oh, those derogatory comments, those critical comments. It's like the whole world is turned on you. Maybe the devils of this world have plotted against you. Let me tell you something. If all that's going on in your life, you can still have victory in Jesus. 
You don't have to walk around with a defeated attitude. You don't have to walk around with the pitiful, poor, mully grubs. You can say, hey, I know in whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that that I've committed unto him against that day. Praise God. Oh, if you'll turn to Jesus, he'll give you the victory. He knows what it's like to be on the bottom. Somebody say amen. He knows what it's like to be hated. He knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like when his friends run out on him. He knows what it's like when his family says, you can't do that. Hey, he knows what it's like to be on the bottom and he knows how to turn it around. And if he turned it around for himself, he can turn it around for you, praise God. Why don't you trust him? Why don't you love him? Why don't you just raise your hand today and say there's victory in Jesus? Amen. Praise God. He knows what it's like. Consistency is the difference. Let me say that again. Consistency is the difference. It's the difference in a winner and a wannabe. Diligence is the difference between the quitters and the winners. I meet so many people. They, they claim to get saved. They get a Bible. They start a new life. They start a new walk. And the first little problem that comes along, you couldn't find them in a million years. Why? They've quit on God. They've run out on God. Let me tell you something. Victory comes to the diligent. Victory comes to the prudent. Don't you let go of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you let go of the, of the, the priority in your life, which is God. Listen, why don't you get a hold this morning uh, of the one who's already gotten the victory. Amen. I think of the woman with the issue of blood. She got a hold of the hem of the garment of the Lord Jesus Christ. There was nowhere else for her to go. She'd been to the doctor. She'd been to the physicians. She'd gotten no help in this world. All she heard was discouraging news, disparaging comments, but she got to Jesus. And when she got to Jesus, she said, I'm going to hold on to the hem of his garment till I get a blessing. Hey, let me tell you something this morning. If you're down, get a hold of the hem of his garment. If you're discouraged, get a hold of the hem of his garment. The blind man sat by the wayside. Listen to me carefully. And Jesus comes walking by. And he's too blind to even see the Lord Jesus Christ. And he begins to cry out. He hears the crowd say, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. And he begins to cry out and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, thou son of David and the crowd started saying shut up don't you know it's Jesus you're just an old blind man you're just a street person you're of no value but the Bible says he cried out the more Jesus have mercy on me and I'm going to tell you something his cry got a hold of the Lord Jesus Christ and when he left that scene praise God there was no more blindness amen when he left that scene praise God there was no more disease I feel the Spirit of God climbing up and down my spine right now. Thank God this morning, church, I don't care how, what you, what's blinded you or what's blindsided you. If you'll get a hold of Jesus, if you'll cry out to him, he'll hear your cry. Whew, praise God. 
The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse number 11, I returned and saw under the sun that the battle is neither to the swift nor the race to the strong. Amen. You know what it's to? It's to the diligent. You remember in when you started uh, uh, elementary school or kindergarten and they gave you that little fairy tale where the... Where the uh, tortoise outran the rabbit to the finish line. You know why? He was diligent. It was our first lesson in diligence. It was our first lesson in prudence. And let me tell you something, friend. The tortoise still beats the hare when it comes to prudence. The race is the one who, to the one who endures. The battle is to the one who, who is prudent and who is prepared this morning. Why don't you rise up, stand up, look up, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now sat down at the right hand of the Father. Praise God. Don't you leave discouraged this morning. Jesus didn't let the criticism of the Pharisees stop him from going to the cross. I, th I think, I, I don't know if I am, but I think I've been one of the most criticized persons that I know. <laughs> my family's criticized me. I'm talking about my immediate family. I've been put down. I've been told I'd never amount to a hill of beans. Are y'all listening? I've been told I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. And I'm going to tell well, I'm getting ahead of my message. But I'm going to tell you something. I can do all things through Christ. Praise God. I'm just going to get ahead of my message. I just feel like it right now. I've been told I couldn't get a good job. But I did. I've been told I couldn't work a job and build a house. But I did. I've been told I couldn't work a job, keep a house, raise three kids, farm 30 acres, and pastor a church. You can't do that, but I did. Praise God. You say you're bragging on yourself. I can do all things through Christ. You know who gave me the strength? Amen. Jesus gave me the strength. I'd get on my knees and sometimes I'd go back to the back fence line and I'd pour out my heart to God, tears dripping off of my chin and I'd say, Lord, did you hear their words? Don't you hear their discouragement? Lord, don't you see how they've put me down? I need some strength from heaven. It wouldn't be long, friend, till I got a little power and a little strength and then I'd just put that power and strength to work and God blessed me, amen. The nails didn't stop Jesus. The spear didn't hinder Jesus. The cross didn't discourage Jesus. The condescending remarks didn't discourage Jesus. You say, preacher, I don't have that kind of strength. Well, if he lives inside of you, you do. The, the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead will raise you. You need to get to the right resource, friend. Amen. Whew. I've quoted this verse, and here's where the message is going to change. Message number two starting right now. That was a quick one. Now we're going to get the big one. I don't know why this hit me like it did. Somebody needs this. I need it. I hope you do. I've quoted this verse probably 15 times since I've been pastor. But it never hit me like it hit me this week. 
The Bible says in Proverbs 24, 16, uh, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. How many times have I quoted that? I've quoted it so much you can quote it. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. You know what we're going to do with the next few minutes? We're going to knock a just man down seven times. You say, preacher, you ought not do that from the pulpit. Yeah, we're going to knock him down, and I'm going to show you how he's going to get back up. Are you ready? Write these down. This will help you. Write these down. Knock down number one. Let's knock him down. Knock down number one. You can't do that. I've already preached that, ain't I? I'm going to preach a little more of it. You can't, don't you ever let anybody look at you and say, you can't do that. You know why people say that, and I may get in the flesh and I may get a little angry, so y'all just overlook it. You know why people say you can't do that? Because they're afraid you will. They're insecure. Listen to me carefully. People like that are insecure. They don't want to see you get ahead. They don't want to see you win. They don't want to see you do good in life. They don't want to see you joyous. They don't want to see you accomplish anything. They don't want you to develop your potential. And they'll say, you can't do that. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you like I told my kids. I'm raising my church like I raise my kids. You can do anything you want to do. Amen, preacher. You say, preacher, how do I do that? I can do all things through Christ. Philippians 4.13 is still in the Bible. You say, how do I do all things through Christ? Let me tell you something, friend. I've never been to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to get this in your heart this morning. I've never been to the Lord Jesus Christ that he weakened me. I've never been to the throne of God where I felt less strength when I was done than I did before I went. Somebody say amen. I tell you, God is there to strengthen us. The Lord is there to reach down and help our feeble hands and our weak knees. And if you need a lift this morning, get to the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. I may just take me a running fit this morning. Amen. Listen, knock down number one. You can't do that. My goodness. You know how a just man gets up? He goes down. He gets down on his knees. You know how I've pastored this church when I was tired and fatigued and heard the criticism of the world and heard the the, the uh, belittling statements of my family. I'd walk in this church when nobody was, I'm just going to let you in on me. I've walked in this church when nobody was here, when there was, when, it, when we had a little old bitty red church that just come to about right here and the pulpit was about right here and I've walked into this church and laid right there in the floor and told God I couldn't go any further, told him I didn't have the strength to move on, told him I was stealing time from my family. I told him everything in the world and you know what he said he said get up and go on I'll give you the strength praise God I'm going to tell you something friend if that's where you are this morning you get to Jesus there's power there's help there's divine wisdom for the problems and the issues of life if you'll get to the Lord Jesus Christ glory to God it ain't raining no more it's sunshine in my soul praise God knock down number two Number one was you can't do that. Number two is 
you're too far behind to catch up. You know when people say those condescending remarks, they kind of turn their mouth down around the edges. You're too far behind. You're too far behind. Well, who said you were behind? Look at me. Who said you were behind? Who did they gauge you by? Who did they compare you to? Are you mentally behind? Are you physically behind? Are you too old? You too slow? My wife told me this morning I was too old, amen. I just said, bless God, there's days that I feel like a 30-year-old man. And the next day, I feel 90. But you know what? Praise God, I'm still moving on for Jesus. You're too old. You're too slow. Well, let me tell you something. We all face challenges. Amen. Mental challenges. Physical challenges. Yes, sir. Hey, age, let me tell you about Enoch. Enoch was 365 years old when he began to walk with God. You're never too old to start walking with God. And I mean, you know what jarred old Enoch? He had some children. Let me tell you something. If it takes children to put you in the house of God, I hope you have 15 of them. Amen. Hey, Enoch was 365. Noah made it through a flood and lived to be 950. You say, preacher, I've gone through so much trauma in my life, it's just going to take me to an early grave. Well, it didn't Noah. I don't believe nothing you've been through is hardly like what Noah did. He watched the whole world get buried under water. His rest of his family, his friends, his community, everything he owned, boom, down the drain. Lived to be 950. Abraham had a baby at 100. That's my goal, Lisa. You might as well get ready. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> That's the message I'm preaching. Praise God. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Hey. Moses led God's people when he was 80 years old. Joshua was 110 when he looked over into the promised land and saw the giants and said, you know what? We need to go over there and win some victories. 110. Don't you tell me you're behind. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 17, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come behind in no spiritual gift. I like a man with that attitude. Paul the apostle did not stand and preach condescending. He didn't say, I'm the apostle, I have arrived, I have all power, and he did. You know what he said? I'm here because I don't want you to get behind in any spiritual gift. I'm here to coach you. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to get down on your level and lift you up. If Listen, if you ever find anybody, including a preacher, pastor, or a so-called apostle, who's up here and puts you down here, you need to get out of there. He's not like God. Because Jesus Christ knows what it's like to bend down and give us a little help, praise God. Whew. 
you have the attitude of Christ, you'll have a coaching mentality. You'll have a helping mentality. If you have the attitude of Christ and the spirit of Christ, you'll want to lift somebody else up, not put them down. It's time we learn. Oh, listen to me carefully. It's time we learn to stop pointing a finger in blame and reach out a helping hand. Amen. Amen. We need to, yeah, we need to use our whole hand instead of just one finger. Amen. I mean that in more ways than one. Praise God. Yes, sir. We're too quick to blame. We're too quick to criticize. We're too quick to quick to put somebody else down. Hey, let me tell you something about a just man. If he falls seven times, he'll get back up, and when he gets back up, he'll know how to help somebody else. When that just man has been kicked down about seven times, he'll be so tired of that attitude, he won't have it no more, and he'll reach out and try to pick somebody else up. Somebody say amen. And that may be why you're on your sixth knockdown, because God is preparing you to be an encourager to somebody else. Let that one sink in. Knock down number three, I got to hurry. You're a loser. You're a loser. Well, I already said this. Sometimes we all lose. We all know what it's like. Listen to me carefully. God lets us learn more from our losses than from our wins. I'll guarantee you, you'll learn more when you swing at the ball and miss it, you'll review that in your mind. What did I do wrong? Did I swing above it, below it? Was it curving? Was it a knuckleball? I'll guarantee you, you'll review the loss more than if you'd smacked it over the fence and you was running around the bases all the way to the home run plate. Amen. God allows our losses to, we learn more. Someone said this, I didn't, this is not my quote, but I liked it. A failure that humbles you is better than a success that makes you proud. The, rigor, the biggest reason for defeat is intimidation by the problem. We get intimidated. The problem seems too big. The problem seems insurmountable. Let me remind you that there's nothing that intimidates God if I get on board with the plan of God, nothing intimidates me. Nothing puts me down. Nothing makes me feel small. Don't be intimidated by the problem. If you're a loser this morning, maybe you, may, you had a day like I had yesterday, the best thing you can do is rise from the dirt, dust the dust of defeat off of your britchy legs, uh, raise your head up and talk to the Lord Jesus Christ and move on with life. Amen. Amen. Rise from the dirt. Compartmentalize the loss. Paul said this, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said that when he'd been kicked down. He said that when he'd had to go town to town. This town would say, Paul, you get out of here. That town would beat Paul. He'd keep going on with the gospel. And you know what he'd say? He'd rise every time and say, I'm pressing toward the mark. You're a loser. <laughs> well, maybe you've lost some things. What have you lost? A defeat will make you lose confidence. Amen. What have you lost? A defeat will make you lose confidence. Have you lost some health? Well, I, hey, this happens. 
Have you lost maybe a family member? I mean, somebody died in your family and you just feel their loss has defeated you. Amen. Tears have filled your eyes and your heart broken. Let me remind you of something that David said. I'm talking about a just man getting up. We've knocked him down. This is the third or fourth time. David said, I, in the Psalm, I believe it was 121, he said, I have behaved myself like a weaned child. You know how a weaned child behaves? You take a baby off the breast or a baby off the bottle, and they begin to cry and cry and cry and cry, and finally, they stop crying. It's called furbishing in, in the, the, the baby language. And after they get furbished, after they've cried it out, there comes a peace. You ever feel that? You've just wept your eyes out, cried your eyes out, wept till you can't weep no more, and then there just kind of just comes a peace. David said, I've behaved myself like a weaned child. The weaned child has cried. I like this statement. I don't know exactly who made it or where it came from, but it says this. If you cry, it doesn't mean that you're weak. It means that you've been strong for too long. If you cry, it doesn't mean that you're weak. It means that you've been strong for too long. And sometimes we're strong. We may even be strong for others for years. But then all of a sudden, there comes that threshold where you just break down. You cry. Let me move on. Not down number four. Let me tell you something about Jesus. Jesus wept. Jesus was a man. Jesus was a victor, but he wept. It's all right to weep. Knock down number four. You'll never measure up. Let's knock a just down, just man down on the fourth time. You'll never measure up. No one believes in you. Again, it's because they don't want you to develop your potential. They don't believe in you. Let me tell you something. Let me just make a statement here. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll believe in you. What was our verse in 1 John 5? This is the victory, even our faith. Amen. You're a loser. You'll never measure up. You're inferior. You're a disgrace. And here's what happens. Don't you miss this. When people belittle you like that, there's a little voice inside your head that begins to replay that remark. Boom, 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 boom. That little voice inside you makes that remark over and over and over and over. You're a loser. You'll never measure up. You're inferior. You're a disgrace. Can I remind you something about the Lord Jesus Christ? His friends belittled him. His brothers, you can read it in John chapter number 7. 
His brothers even questioned Him. Because the Bible says in John chapter 7 that they did not believe in Him. I believe in Him. You know what? He believes in me. And if I place my faith in Him, that's my victory. My victory's not in my accomplishments. My victory's not in my health. My victory's not in my age. My victory is not in the things that I can do. My victory is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't disengage from the service. Knock down number four. You'll never measure up. Knock down number five. I've got to hurry. You've messed up for good this time. Boy, you've really done it. I mean, that's just, that's just horrible. I mean, it's just, look what you did. Look what you said. You've just messed up for good this time. Well, if you've messed up, it doesn't mean that you're defective. It means that you're human. If you've messed up, it doesn't mean you're defective. It means you're human. We're all human. Anybody want to stand and say, I ain't never messed up? Anybody want to raise their hand and say, Preacher, I'm always a winner. I've always got the winning smile. Preacher, I've always got the victory. I've never... No. Somebody will look at you the next time you screw up. And say, you've done it for good this time, pal. Let me remind you that God is is not the God of past defeats. He's the God of future victories. When you read your Bible, you see Jesus Christ coming in the clouds of glory. When you read your Bible, you see Him King of kings and Lord of lords. Uh, When you look at the end and when you look at the future, it's very bright for the Christian age. Knock down number five. You've messed up for good. And I can't help but make this point. What was our verse? A just man falleth seven times and rises again, but the wicked fall into mischief. The just man gets up when he's knocked down, but when the wicked fall, they stay down. And you know what keeps them down? Drug abuse, alcohol, they messed up for good this time and, and now they just kill it with the bottle. The problem with killing it with the bottle or with the pill or with the needle is you don't kill just the negative emotions. You kill the positive emotions. You don't just kill the part of life that hurts. You kill the rest of life. Somebody say amen. Amen. You've messed up for good this time. Don't turn to drugs and alcohol. Not not down number six. Trivializing your accomplishments. Well, that's no big deal. Anybody could have done that. What makes you think you're special? Those kinds of remarks are made to keep you down. Amen. They're made so you don't rise above the circumstances. Those kind of remarks, trivializing your accomplishments, uh, 
there must be something special about you because Jesus died for you. There must be something of value in you because the Son of God gave His very life for you. Don't you let the devil devalue you. Don't you let him put you down. Don't you let him use the words of others and say, well, you listen, you don't have to be better than somebody else. Just be better than you were yesterday. That was the words I told my wife this very week. You don't have to be better than somebody else. Just be better than you were yesterday. I got to close. Knock down number seven. By the way, it's still before 12, so get ready. Condescending remarks. Knock down number seven. Condescending remarks. We're knocked, we've knocked a just man down seven times. And that just man, six times so far, and he's got back up because he looked to Jesus. Number seven, intimidation, insults, someone's trying to knock you down. Let me tell you something. You need to get victory over people. You say, preacher, I'm, just, I'm working on victory over sin. Well, you better work on victory over people because they're part of the problem. People who don't want to see you succeed. People who don't want you to develop your potential. People who don't want you to get ahead. People who want to keep you knocked down so they get ahead, so they feel better about themselves. We need to get victory over. Listen, David skips along, and David, David's hated of his brothers. David's hated of his family. David's heard all those condescending remarks. David's been put down. David's been criticized, and he comes skipping along to the battle. And on this side of the battle, there's the Israelis and the Jewish people and they're over here and they're hunkered down behind a rock and over there's the Philistines and there's a giant over there and his name is Goliath and David's just a little old boy and he comes skipping along and he said what's going on here and all of his brothers said well over yonder's the giant and over yonder's the battle over yonder's the army of the Philistines and praise God we're just down here behind this rock hiding and you need to go back home to those little sheep where you've been feeding you need to go back home to daddy you can't do nothing you're just a boy and David walked out there and he said who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of the living God and they said oh you go back home to them little sheep if David listen to me carefully if David had listened to his brothers Goliath would have won if David had have listened to his family, if David had have replayed that little remark in his mind over and over and over and over, the devil would have gotten the victory. But he didn't. He, you know what he said? He said, the God that delivered me while he was out there on the mountains and being a little old shepherd boy, just a shepherd boy. Nobody knew he was there. Nobody cared about his soul. Nobody loved David. And while he was out there, just a little old shepherd boy, the Lord loved him. The Lord was with him. The Lord protected him. And he said, while I was out there as a shepherd boy, he said, a lion came by and I smoked that thing. And a bear came by and I smoked that thing. And the same God, you hear me, the same God that killed the lion, that killed the bear, will take care of this dude named Goliath. Praise God. Condescending remarks. Get victory over people. 
Don't tolerate. Let me tell you something, Christian. I got to slow down, close. Yesterday, day before yesterday, I got a call from a young lady in college. She said, Preacher, I can't find a church. She's practically in tears. She said, I can't find a church like ours where the gospel's preached and where it's preached in power. And she said, I've been to churches all around this town. And she said, They don't use the King James Bible, they have little lessons. She said, I can't find, nowhere, I've been everywhere. Well, preacher, can you help me? Can you call somebody? Can you get a hold of one of your preacher friends and help me to find a church like Gross's Creek? She said, yesterday, they got all of us freshmen together. She said, they looked back through the crowd and said, if you're transgender, stand up. And all these transgenders stood up. And then they said, if you're homosexual, stand up. She said, all these homosexuals stood up. And then they said, if you're an atheist, stand up. And all these atheists stood up. And then they, she said, they said, if you're a Christian, stand up. And she said, when I stood up, there were very few of us. Are you listening? She said there were very few of us. And pastor, it broke my heart. (laughs) The Bible says, for so is the will of God. That with well-doing, you put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. I said, I'm glad you stood up. I said, that's a good testimony that you stood up. Amen. You maintain that testimony. We'll find you a church. We'll find you a place to worship. We'll find you a place where there's the power of God. Hey, what are you saying, preacher? You can't keep a good man down. He'll fall seven times. Listen to this. I close with these three verses. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. You have the victory this morning. Don't you let somebody tell you you can't. Don't you let somebody look talk to you with condescending remarks. Don't you let somebody tell you you're too old. You're too slow. You can't do it. You don't have enough power. You don't have enough strength. You rise above the people and you rise above the problems and you let old Goliath have it with a rock about that big around. Amen. I wonder this morning if would be one here and you're lost you've never come to Jesus Christ let me tell you where you are without Christ you're defeated without Christ you're going to hell without Christ you'll never get the victory over sin you can quit a hundred times 
You'll never have the victory. Would there be one this morning and just by your stepping out and coming, Brian's waiting with the Bible to show you how to be saved. Say, preacher, I need to be saved. I want to come to Christ. I need victory in my life. There's defeat. I have a victim's mentality. I want to come to Christ and give it to Him. Would you come right now? We wait for just a moment, then we're going to sing victory in Jesus because that's what I preached. And we have it this morning if we're saved. But I want to give you the opportunity to come. The opportunity to say an eternal yes to the one who won everything. Who conquered everything. Who is willing to give you the victory.